Serving communities in northern and central Wisconsin and the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, this is Aspirus Health Talk with Melanie Cole. For many of us, sleep is that wonderful time of day when we can recharge, soothe, and restore us after a long day of work and play. But for some people, sleep is elusive or otherwise troubled, and it could compromise your immune system and cause other health issues. My guest today is Shannon Handler. She's a board-certified family nurse practitioner at Aspirus Health System. Welcome to the show, Shannon. Tell us how important it is that we sleep, and what are some of the problems that can arise from either disrupted or a lack of sleep? Hi, Melanie. Oh, um, we see a lot of um, people who come in to talk to us about sleep. There is a lot of things that the brain and the body do during sleep that are really important. Um, Your synapses in your brain reset, so those little electrical impulses that help with your mood and your emotions, uh, your immune system. It's the time when the brain kind of washes out those metabolites. Um, Other hormones are impacted by sleep and timing of sleep. Um, So we try to uh, make sure that people are aware that they should be trying to get as much sleep as they're able um, with exceptions of too much sleep. Um, Usually the recommended amount for an adult is about seven to eight hours, and that kind of keeps people in that healthy range of uh, pretty good mood, pretty good immune system, um, pretty good metabolism, a little tamp down on the impulsivity because sometimes that actually increases when you're not getting enough sleep. So you have increased risk-taking behaviors and cravings for things like sugar and caffeine um, and other addictions. Um, we see youth need a little bit more sleep and their uh, brains are still growing and they're still uh, processing. So they're needing more like 8 to 10 hours of sleep. And we've even seen some teens that have signs of ADHD where they're um, having difficulty with concentration if they're not getting enough sleep. And when they do get enough sleep, those symptoms go away. So it's got a huge impact on your day-to-day life. Uh, And from a medical side, we really uh, try to do as much as we can to help you get good sleep. Well, it's so important what you're saying. And let's start with our teens, Shannon, because, boy, they sure don't get enough sleep. They stay up late. They've got this weird body clock. Electronics are involved. What do you tell parents about trying to get their teens to maintain some semblance of a routine bedtime? (laughs) That routine is definitely part of the factor um, or part of the equation because um, our circadian rhythms are set... um, sometimes by sunlight, but sometimes um, by our behaviors. And so teens that like to stay up late have a harder time when they want to go to bed a little bit earlier during the week. Um, So trying to have a routine bedtime that's within reason so that they can also make that bedtime during the week um, is important because you can't just reset your clocks on the weekend. Um, and if you're sleeping more than two hours, sleeping in more than two hours on the weekend, it's usually a sign that you're sleep deprived. Um, so those teens that like to sleep till noon, usually that's a sign they need more sleep during the week. Um, one of the things that we talk about is trying to reduce the amount of screen time that kids get, during, especially during the evening hours and night hours, because that screen um, the backlight in the screen has been shown to increase electrical activity in the brain. And just turning on that screen uh, will light up on an MRI different parts of the brain um, that are impacted in keeping yourself awake and alert. 
So it's a little bit harder to try to get yourself to fall asleep if you're spending too much time with that backlight um, going. So we well, let's to talk people. about that sleep hygiene just a little bit because it, the routine and the things people do at night is what can contribute to that barring things like sleep apnea or true insomnia where people are actually having real issues that they want to get medically, you know, supervised and checked out. If you're just somebody who has trouble falling asleep or you're, you know, just sleep hygiene, what is that, Shannon? And tell people how to kind of start their night so that they can ready themselves for that rest. Right. So the very first part of your night should be finding out if you um, really like to sleep. Do you love to sleep? And what about it do you not love? Because there should be, um, you should love to sleep, really. Um, So your environment should be cool and quiet and calm. Um, It shouldn't be stimulating or um, too hot or too cold. Um, You should have some food in your belly, but you shouldn't be too full. You should have some exercise during the day, but you shouldn't have exercised right before bed um, because your body and mind both have to be ready to sleep. So when you talk sleep hygiene, we start with the with the mind. How ready are you? Are you Do you like to sleep? And if you don't, what is it about sleep that you don't like? And is there a way that you can work on that? So first of all, do you like to sleep? So hopefully the answer is yes. Second of all, do you have a calm, cool environment that's relaxing, peaceful? You don't have, um, say, pets going in and out of the room all night or lights going off during the night or TV going off while you're trying to sleep. All those things actually will take you out of a deep sleep. And um, even if you're not waking all the way up, you may be coming up a few levels of your sleep, so you're not getting quite the restful sleep that you're hoping for. Um, You should feel very refreshed when you wake up in the morning. So, And some people um, will come and say, you know, I'm having a lot of trouble sleeping and uh, I'm not getting as much activity, say in the winter, for example, as I do during the summer and I don't sleep as well. And it's pretty easy to see, you know, the body has to be also ready to sleep so that the brain can be ready to sleep. Another thing that some people have trouble with is their mind starts to race. They have something going on where they're, where they're really focused. They're needing to be on top of things. They're needing to be ready. And their mind, then when they're trying to sleep, it's focused on these things that they're trying to fulfill and to do. And so if you've got something outstanding, um, you are going to have a harder time sleeping. Um, because, And that's a, actually an adaptive mechanism. You don't feel safe. You don't feel like you're ready to rest. So if there's any way you can you know, get rid of your checklist right before bed, get rid of your major planning right before bed, you shouldn't be making any major decisions, um, discussing your finances that hour... Uh, Some people only need about 20 minutes, but usually an hour before bed should be calm, cool, relaxing time Um, with lower lighting, trying to stimulate your body to say, now now it's nighttime, now it's time for me to start resting, I'm in a comfortable place, I'm in a safe environment, and now I'm ready to sleep. So if people have sleep issues, Shannon, and they maybe go see a doctor, what can they expect? I mean, they hear about sleep clinics, and I don't know how anybody gets a decent night's sleep at a sleep clinic to see if you have (laughs) apnea or insomnia or some of these problems, restless leg, whatever it is. Tell us a little bit about a sleep disorder center. Right. Um, So if you're going to have a sleep evaluation, there might be a few reasons that you'd have that evaluation. You might be not feeling rested when you wake up in the morning. Um, So there you know, could be some things causing that. You could have trouble with um, sleep apnea. You could have trouble with restless legs. Um, you could have a 
different type of parasomnia. Um, and so those are all things that would be diagnosed by a sleep doctor. And how they would find out those things is to actually have you go through a sleep study. Um, and in some instances, it was sort of a simple thing that you take home an oxygen monitor and you'd wear that on your finger while you were sleeping in your own bed. And they could actually see your oxygen contents overnight and they could tell if you're um, losing oxygen or having sleep apnea problems. Um, and then in some instances, they might have you come into the center and they actually try to have you a little bit sleep deprived um, from the night before. And then in some places, and sometimes they'll give you a sleep aid so they're actually able to sleep in the sleep center because it's kind of like in a hotel room, you know, it's a different environment. And you might not feel safe and ready to rest. So they do help you along a little bit with that. Uh, they try to get as much information as they can, what, how much movement that you have during the night, how much, um, what's your breathing, what's your respiratory rate, uh, what, what kind of REM sleep are you going into so they can actually see your different levels of uh, brain waves um, so they would be able to tell, you know, what kind of sleep and how much time you're spending in each level. That can be helpful for some depression diagnoses that people that spend too much time in REM sleep might be having symptoms of depression. That's such important information and so really good. People need to understand those health benefits and getting a good night's sleep. So wrap it up for us, Shannon. Give your best advice for getting a good night's sleep. So do your best to control your actions at night so you're in a nice, calm, quiet environment. Get your exercise and activity during the day so your body and mind are ready to sleep. Um, pay attention to the light. Um, so if you need a little bit darker, you can get some darkening shades and some you know, lower-level lighting. And don't go to bed hungry um, cause, or too full even because your sleep won't be quite as good that way. Thank you so much. Great, great information. You're listening to Aspirus Health Talk. And for more information, you can go to aspirus.org. That's aspirus.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.